but I talk to myself a lot. Like, say like that, like, you can't do it. Like, you can tell yourself you can do it, right. you know? And I talk to myself, like, if I listened to, if I believed half the shit I fucking thought or I told myself, you know, right. I'd be, I'd probably be fucked up, you know, yeah. like in, in, in all aspects of life. But people hear what they want to hear. You know what I mean? Like I told you earlier, anymore, I don't want to get into politics by any, by any means, but people no longer want to hear your opinion come out of your mouth. They want to hear their opinion come out of your mouth. So I, I was always that just like surface kind of level, just, oh yeah, let's go do this shit. But then I'd get home and be like, eh, I'm too tired. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't probably until... <laughs> What's up guys, welcome back to the Totem Podcast Today we got a very special guest, it's going to be a great one I'm your host Monaco Carrillo, but of course we got here with us Eric What's up, what's up, yeah I'm your, I'm your other co-host here on, on the Totem Podcast but, but before we get started guys, just remember that we are on YouTube and Spotify and all the other podcast streaming platforms Mainly on YouTube though, um, so guys, if you guys like the conversations we're having if you guys like today's guest, especially, you know, make sure to give this video a thumbs up. Make sure to go click subscribe, hit the, the bell to be notified every single time we got a new episode up. Um, but yeah, guys, if you guys like it, like 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 who we're having on here, just share the shit out of the show. That, that's all we ask for here. Um, but yeah, if, if we bring you any sorts of value too, like just just blast it everywhere, pretty much. Um, but yeah, our motto here on the podcast is that an act of rebellion is to question. Yeah, no, today's going to be a great one, Eric. I mean, I'm a big fan of the his stuff that he does, so it's going to be great. So, Larry Moose, Lunchroom. You heard you him. Subscribe, you bastard. Subscribe and like and share, you, you sons go. of bitches. No, you that's how this is going to go down, right? <laughs> <laughs> what, what I'm most interested in is, like, how did he get... How, how, was, how did Moose... How did that go? So, I, that's, a, that's a bit of a childhood nickname. Uh, the day I was born, my uncle, because I guess... I've always been this size. I've always been a big dude. So uh, it was Moosey growing up. Okay. You know, so it just it just turned into Moose. They just took the Y off once, once you grew the up. The IE, like, but yeah, it was, uh, I hated it. it. But it's funny because like my mom's friends or people I've known since I was a little boy still call me Moosey. Really? A guy who grew up with, Norman Schneider's mom, Linda. What's up, Linda? What's up, Norm? They, What's up, uh, fellas? <laughs> <laughs> She had to ask my mom, what is Moosey's real name? They didn't know my name was Larry. She had no clue. And I grew up with these people. What? <laughs> yeah, man. That's so crazy. it's just, that's what I was known as. And so when I started doing comedy in 06, uh, I went, I, I hate the name Larry. I've always hated the name. I'm a Larry. I'm a junior. Uh, and I always hated that fucking name. Dude. It's just such a lame ass name, Larry. There's nobody cool named Larry, you know? Uh, in 80s movies, the, the name Larry was always the fat kid or the gay kid, or the, you know, it was never, there was never, Larry Bird's it. That's all we had in the 80s, you know? Um, but I, I hated it, so I started going by Moose when I started doing comedy. You know, and Moose Lundstrom just seemed to did roll off better than Larry Lundstrom. I just hate how that, I, you know. That, that was funny because earlier we were talking about like moose. Like, is he is he hunter? Does he kill a lot of moose? Or, no, or that's, what? that's exactly no, that's bad. no man. I, I refuse to shit out in the woods. I do not hunt, man. You know, so I just that's not my gig, bro. So, uh, but no, it's uh, my uncle Ed. What's up, Monk? Uh, he uh, I, I do that in my podcast. That's a nasty habit. I, no, you got to give him. A, you got to give him props. You got to call him out. You gotta hey. let him know what's up. Yeah. You know? and, he, and then and then later on you ask him, hey, did you did you watch the podcast? Did you hear the 
the, the, the shot I gave you. Right. And then you get to see if they actually wash your, your shit or not. And I'll tell them, you know, I'll tell them, I'll say, I know you did. You want to know why? Because you didn't bring up that thing I said about you. About the thing I know about the thing. Oh, <laughs> shit. You know? You got to make people nervous, right? Yeah, there you go. But that's how I came across Moose. So, but, uh, so uh, before we move forward or anything, give me a breakdown. We always like to start of how your childhood was. How was your upbringing? Uh, you know what? It's, comedians notoriously have horrible childhoods. And the more I hear about comedian stories, they're horrible. For me, I had an amazing childhood. You know what I mean? I had a family who loved me. I, you know, I was always taken care of. I was always loved, you know? So I, I'm not, it's, it's weird. I didn't meet my dad till I was 24 years old, you know? But other than that, I had uh, my mom, my uncle Ed, his family, my grandparents. So I just never knew. I've always had a, a cream puff life, I guess. You know what I mean? I didn't, I had struggles like every kid has struggles, you know? But uh, growing up, I, I had a good childhood. You know what I mean? So uh, very supportive parents, very supportive of everybody. So if I'd have told my family I want to be a janitor when I grew up, they'd have bought me the mop. You know what I mean? And been <laughs> like, you know what? You mopping some bitch, do it, you know? So that the childhood was good. You know what I mean? It just, yeah, I, I can't complain, man. You know? So it was like in high school, you were, were you like the funny guy in high school? I tried to be. I was actually uh, one of many funny guys. I, in my particular class, we had some funny people. I didn't get the funniest guy, though. It's a... Uh, Best sense of humor with the Sean Kelly, and uh, I love I love you, Sean. What's up, Sean? Um, <laughs> he's a good dude. He's, uh, but it was I was actually like a senior class president, and uh, you know, I think that was a joke at one point so in time. So you're one of those. You're the the good kids. Then if you're the senior president, and all I, that stuff. I, I then. think I was. The, let's see how this shit goes. If we nominate this dude president, you know what I mean? Because I remember being they voted, and the other two people I was sitting there with. Uh, running against, I guess, because it was a little meeting. I really wanted it. And I was like, I, I couldn't give a shit less. You know what I mean? Because I'm like a C student at my best, you know? And uh, they ended up voting me in. Uh, Missy Weiser, what's up, Missy, uh, is actually the one who nominated me. And I looked at her like, are, are you serious? I don't even know, you know, know what to do with that. But it worked out, so. How, how sad were the other people that they really I, I don't know they were it. sad. They, they went on to amazing careers and make probably four times what I do in a year, but you know, good for them, you know. I got that one day in 1994, you know, sons of bitches. So. <laughs> That's great. So, so did you always know you kind of wanted to be, like, in comedy, or is it kind of just something that grew over time? So when I was, let's see, in 96, I graduated in 94. In 96, I moved to Pueblo. Uh, that's where I'm from. Uh, you know, at five years old, my family moved here. So moved to Pueblo because I'm not going to I'm not going to end up in Morgan County. I said, I'm not going to be that guy. Right. It, it, so Pueblo is much better. So <laughs> you ever been to Pueblo, bro? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was an education. Let me tell you. But, uh, <laughs> but that's where my family's from. You know, I got a lot of family in Pueblo still to this day. And uh, I get this job at a nightclub bartending. Right. So uh, Saturday nights are comedy nights. Right. Stand up comedy night. Now, growing up. Uh, my mom did me do better in school. She would always let me watch Evening at the Improv. You guys are pretty young. You probably don't remember that. But it was Evening at the Improv with comedians. And we'd sit there and we'd, it, was, it was family comedy. And we'd laugh. And I, I remember her laughing. And I remember her thinking, man, that's awesome. How these guys could just bring it out of her, you know? And she would laugh hysterically. And I would laugh. And I didn't understand the damn joke. You know, I had no clue what the hell they were talking about. Yeah. So I, I started Pepper's Nightclub bartending. And the bar in the club I'm working at is the one that works the comedy shows. That's the first time I've ever been in the room with stand-up comedy live. And that is an amazing feeling, you know? When you feel that energy in the room, the energy of the people in the room. And I thought to myself, uh, Mike Ferris was the owner of this club. What's up, Mike? I love you, buddy. Uh, he was the owner of this club, and he used to stack them in there. Now, this club lasted 20 years, 
which is amazing for a nightclub. You know, that's tough to do. Yeah. Because he was a genius. He was a smart man. He used to pack people in there. And I asked him, why, why are they packed so tight in there, man? Because he has all this room in this club. And you pack him in there, he's like, because laughter is contagious. And he was right. Laughter is contagious. And, and mm-hmm. in a show I run ever, you'll notice, I pack you in there, you know, because laughter is contagious. So I'm in the room with these, these comedians, and they're coming through, and I get to deal with them, you know, a little bit, you know, and I, I just think this is the coolest thing ever. So one day drunk, I tell Mike, hey, man, hey, he takes us out somewhere, I don't know. And I said, hey, man, you should let me introduce the comics. You should let me get on stage and introduce the comics instead of the DJ, you know? And he says, uh, he goes, I don't know, man, I need you behind the bar. And I said, like, come on, don't be an asshole, come on, Mike. All right, he says. So I get up there. I forget the dude's name. I fuck this up <laughs> so horribly, man. It's the, your, your first shot and you already oh, fucked it up. Oh, man, it is going down in flames, brother. And uh, I get down humbled, you know. And he's like, let's just bartend for a while. You know. So it comes. That's pretty much the end of that, you know, at that club. I, I still enjoy the comedy. I still love what they do. Uh, I get a job at Budweiser, and I move back to Morgan County. It's a good job. It's got health benefits. You know, the club, it, it's it's fun, but I'm 27 at this point. You know, I got to start getting a 401k. I got to start making plans for the future, right? Um, two years later, about 06, that I moved back, uh, I started getting that itch just to go check it out. You know, you've seen comedy on TV or whatever. And you had, you had never been on stage, like, after. You've never That's messed it. with it before. That's it. That okay. Just that time I went up and... Uh, Jeff Sargent was a comic. I remember his name now. 25 years later, Jeff, I remember now. There I couldn't remember five minutes as they went on the stage, right? Um, Jeff Sargent is super funny, by the way. Uh, so I start. I, I look up on, on the internet at that point in time. I think on a flip phone, you know what I mean? And uh, the comedy works is open mic night. Now, it's gotten bigger since now, uh, now because there's so many more of them. But now, back then, it was six weeks. You had to sign up for six weeks to get a two-minute slot. Like six weeks in advance? Yeah, you call in every day, every every Tuesday. Damn. You call in, they put you on a list, and then they have C is two minutes, B is three minutes, A is four minutes, and then there's the regular working comics. So here comes my shot. My name is on the recording. I'm super excited. I've got two minutes. I've written these two minutes, and they're genius in my mind, right? So I tell some friends, I tell a few select friends, good friends, because this is going to be a humbling experience, I think. I remember the Jeff Sargent whole episode, right? So uh, I take my mom and my uncle and a couple of close friends, and I, I get up there, I do my two minutes, and I just murder it. It's unbelievable. Like, my like ego goes. Like the crowd, everyone's just. Everybody into it. Here's what I don't realize, is that when you're brand new, when they say, this is this guy's first time on stage, the Comedy Works, let me take a step back. The Comedy Works in Denver is a top five club in the nation. Probably top ten in the world. You know what I mean? It's it's well Damn. known. I mean, Chappelle shows up for the open mic night. Just <laughs> yeah, I've heard about. I mean, I've never caught him there, but I've heard about that he just shows up randomly. Yeah, well, I'll get into that later. But um, so I don't I don't realize that when they say this this guy's first time on stage, the crowd is automatically going to love you. They're going to give you every benefit of the doubt. They're going to support you. I think I'm just killing it. I walk off stage and go fuck. I should be famous in like. Five weeks, six weeks? I don't know. I gotta do some <laughs> writing, right? So I my friends all of course, like I told you, I have a very supportive family, a very supportive base in my life, you know, which is one of my biggest blessings. So I sign up against oh, oh Deacon Gray, who was the head of uh, Hope and Mike Knight, he's the comedian that kinda, you know, runs it, comes to me and goes, We're gonna give you three minutes. We're gonna bump you up to the three minute guy. And I go, Oh shit, you know, I went to this once, you know. Upgrade. For the first time you're already upgrading. Yeah, man. I'm thinking shit, you know, I should have done this earlier. 
So I call on, I call on, I call on, I call on. It's like six or seven weeks. I got three minutes. I've written three brand new minutes of material. I get up on stage. I bring even more friends this time. I get up on stage and I eat shit. I mean, it is the most humbling experience of my entire life. I don't know if one laugh came out of that crowd. Maybe a giggle here and like a, a little laugh. Your friends didn't even get it. Uh, my friends laughed. You they know laughed. what I'm saying? Okay. I think that was, it was all charity laughing, though. It was there was not genuine laughing. So uh, it, it, it took my ego and it. I mean, it, you want to have your ego just shattered. That's a good way to do it, man. It, it was tough. I remember just getting hammered on the way home. I just feel sorry for myself, you know. But uh, I said, you know, I got a good friend, Tim Dussault. It was like, you know what, man? You can't just give up, you know. It's one bad night. And so I, I started signing up again, you know. And, and it got better. And it, it just takes so long to get up there, right? So I, I go and I, I have a buddy in Greeley who had a friend who owned a bar, Dave Aloise. What's up, Dave? And he was the next kind of comedian. He did comedian back in the 80s. So I went to him and said, let's open an open mic here in Greeley because you can't do it in Morgan County. There's just not enough talent or people want to do it around here. So so, so you still wanted to like open up a, like a comedy club even though you just bombed? Right, right. I mean, you need practice. Mm-hmm. Every comic you've ever seen on stage, every comic from Bill Burr to Dave Chappelle to any comic has busted their ass to do what they do, to be that good. When you see a comic just slay on stage, that's because those jokes have been perfected over dozens and dozens and dozens of shows you know they've they've twerked them they've had to rework them they've had to figure out what doesn't work in them it's a lot of work you know more work than you would think you know you think funny people just get up there and just rip it no man nobody nobody's good at this when they start i mean people are better than others but nobody's amazing at it when they start nobody that's what i used to think is like oh they just go up there grab the mic and it looks like it's so like just free-flowing just relaxing like they're just pulling shit out of their ass right but then you don't actually Think about like all the work that goes in th- into it. When you see online hecklers, when they heckle them, and that comic, boom, hits them right back, that comic has heard everything you can hear heckled at them. So they already have in their mind, no matter what you say, they have a comeback for it. And it's a comeback they've used 40 or 50 times. <laughs> but as an audience, it's the first time you've seen it, so you're like, wow, this dude is really good. This guy is just let them have it, you know? I mean, a little inside baseball, but no, it's just... It's just the, the, Everybody heckles. Everybody's gotten heckled. So they just, it's a natural defense. There's a natural defense to it, you know? Uh, so we start the open mic at Shorty's in Greeley, and we go every week, me and Adam. And eventually, I'll make this quick, uh, eventually uh, we want to get more stage time. I tell Adam, Vokey, what's up, folks? Uh, we need more stage time. So that's when we started doing it in Fort Morgan. We opened our own, our own uh, night in Fort Morgan at the Clarion. It was May of 2011. Um, God, I think we had like 90 to 100 people show up. Over really? The moon, over the moon, right? I was the headliner. That's crazy, yeah. I had a wicked 25 minutes, you know, not an hour. Uh, but it was all friends and family. Word got out, the next show was 200. And then really? for that first season we had, we had the fire marshal show up. Or someone from the fire department said, you can't have this many people in here. It was 250 people at one point in time. Really? We were turning wow. people away at the door. Because people in Fort Morgan, I didn't realize, or Morgan County, a lot of them haven't been to an actual real comedy show before. You've all seen it on TV. Mm -hmm. But a lot of them have never been to an actual comedy show before. And like I told you that first time in that club, I was in it, that energy, that that power of it, they got to taste that for the first time. Yeah. You know? And we were bringing headlining comics here. And it just, it it took over. It was was amazing. Do you you remember the first time you actually, like, 
other than the first time like everybody's being supportive like the first time you actually killed it how that feeling i don't know if I ever how you, how it, you felt uh, <laughs> felt um, yeah it was probably at shorties it was probably you know it, just one of those things and even at the comedy works i started doing better you know it's all about practice you know and you get your five minutes, your ten minutes, you practice over and over and over. And you got to realize you can't invite your friends. You, if you have a friend that's doing comedy, they're going to invite you to everything. <laughs> you know, they're going to whore their stuff out like people that do podcasts. You know. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to whore it out, man. Right. Uh, we, we know. <laughs> yeah, well, I think we all know. So, so were you the guy that they'd always invite over to the to the parties? Be like, hey, like push the stick. Like, hey, <laughs> no, say something funny. Like, yeah. no, d- dude. If you know a comedian, don't ever tell them that. Say something funny. They hate it. It's, oh, I know they hate it. That's why I'm asking. Oh, did, yeah. did you get that a lot, no, though? Everybody does. Yeah. When they, oh, you do comedy. And I, I don't consider myself a comedian by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, Ron Ferguson, who just headlined one of our shows, when people nowadays, when uh, young comics do it for the first time, on their Facebook page goes, comedian Bob Jackson or whatever, you know? And Ron always asks them, on your W-2s, on your taxes, is it, say, comedian? Is that how you're paying your, your bills? That's how I pay my bills. You know, and then that's obviously a no. So that's why I've never said I'm a comedian, but I've tried comedy before, you know. But a yeah. great storyteller. Yeah, I try to be, yeah, you know. You kind of full of shit, I suppose. That's that's what makes it great. Though. That's what makes it great. <laughs> but yeah, it's and so uh, for well, COVID uh, stopped us. Adam and I were the longest running independent comedy show in Colorado. Oh, really? Well, yeah, we damn near made 10 years in a row of bringing comedy to Morgan County. Um, we were bummed out. We were definitely bummed out. Uh, the last show we did was 2020 February. It was a Valentine's Day show in Sterling. 200 and some people showed up. It was nuts. It was absolutely crazy. March, everything got shut down. You know, uh, Colorado one just got locked up. So uh, it was a bummer. We wanted to hit that 10-year mark. You know what I mean? We were very mm-hmm. proud of that. That we. It was cool that all these comics from Denver knew who we were. You know, that's a weird feeling, but yeah, it was nice that they knew who we were, you know, and they all, they're in my phone when I call them, they're like, hey, Moose, you know, hey, can you come down April, whatever? Yeah, of course, you know, so it's, it's, it's been a blessing. Uh, it's one of those things where, like I told you when I first started, I wanted to be a famous comic. I wanted to succeed at this. But the fact I didn't doesn't mean you, you, the dream didn't, your dream didn't fail. It just changed, you know, it became something I still loved. I love being the promoter. I love doing the MC of it. You know what I mean? I get up, I tell a few quick jokes, introduce the comics. You know what I mean? Bullshit around with them afterwards. Mm-hmm. It's it's fun. That's their their profession. They're kicking ass at it. But I just like being in that hemisphere. You know, or that or that hemisphere. So. So do you MC now more than? Yeah, yeah. I do all the MCing at the shows. Okay, so you don't do much like the actual no stage time. No, yes. No, as a matter of fact, I'm pretty <laughs> good about uh, younger comics that want to come down to a guest set five minutes or whatever like josh finley's local so he, i always tell him come down and practice some stuff on our stage in front of a real crowd you know what i mean uh i tell them like the, the guys we've booked they have hotel rooms i don't know if you want to sleep with one of them or you can talk them into it but if you want to come down uh, i usually give one of them you know a chance to do five minutes you know to to get the opportunity i didn't have when i lived here you know to mm-hmm. to help out a young guy that still has that dream that still wants to do it you know yeah we always try to to help them out so yeah because how much more different is it if you just have Say you're just in front of a few friends saying something funny, you know, you guys having some drinks, getting fucked up, compared to, like, actually having a crowd. I mean, I, I imagine it's completely different, right? Night and day, man. Night and day. So open mic nights are the uh, worst situation to be in ever, man, because it's all comics in the room. None of them are going to laugh at you. Maybe your friends that are there, you know, but you're just getting up there in front of people and just getting the timing down, getting the joke down or whatever. 
at. So when they come down to a show like this, it's a paid show. People there expect to see great comedy, you know. And Morgan County, I will tell you, has an and Logan County, notoriously awesome audiences. You know, every comic that's came down here has just been blown away at how how energetic they are and how much they love it when they come down. They, they just love, they've loved this show for so long. And I, the cool thing is we don't get 200 anymore. We get around a little over 100, 120, and that is better for the simple fact that now we're getting people who just come to see comedy, you know? that. So what was it before, like when it was more people? It was a thing to do in town. <clears throat> it was the place to be. Oh, okay. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Yeah. That was what's happening in town. So... Uh, now it's just people who love to see, and it's the, same, the, the, the regular same faces I see over and over, you know. Uh, rat, rat and down at Dana Horst used to come so so often, we had horse parking. We'd always save them a table, you know what I mean? Because they were always there, you know? So it was a, an ongoing joke, so. It, it's crazy, though, because, like, we grew up in Morgan County, but I never really, like, heard about, like, any comedy or anything going on. Right. Until, like, literally, like, a, a few months ago. Right. Well, we just came back and started doing it this last year at the uh, at Brush, and uh, I'm going to whore my stuff out. The Bullhucker podcast, I have a podcast as well. Uh, if you go to that page, you'll always see, uh, we, we're going to have another one April 22nd. Tickets will go on sale probably 1st of April. Um, we do it at the Bunker Hill at, uh, at uh, Pettis Park in Brush, the golf course. Uh, it holds 80 seats, man. You know what I mean? So it's a nice packed audience. Get your tickets early. Get them early. Yeah, we'll put, we'll put the links down for that, oh, for that event. You. That'd be great. We'll put, we'll put all the, the links down so you guys can... <laughs> Do you guys have them for sale already or not yet? Not yet. Probably April first. Okay, so, so yeah, we, people can stay. Yeah, stay alert. Yeah, I don't get too crazy about getting it too out too early because yeah. then people forget. You know what I mean? So, uh, but we br- we brought these shows back to brush. I started missing it. Adam and I had talked about after ten years. I just like I think we're we're good. We're done. You know what I mean? We've we've ran the gauntlet. We've done what we wanted to do. We proved what we wanted to prove. You know, and then uh, COVID showed up. You know, and took it from us. You know, so I called him and he. He's got a girlfriend in Nebraska now. His daughter's living in North Dakota, so he's always on the go. So he, he wasn't really his thing anymore. So I got uh, I'm a city councilman in Brush. I got a hold of the rec director and I'm like, let's do comedy, dude. You know, golf courses are just money pits in the winter. You know, so let's get the people that work there some money. Let's get the, you know, let's get it going. And he Lance went. What's up, Lance? Uh, was awesome about it. So we've we've done so far. We started doing two nights, but it's so hard to sell two nights because people have shit going on. So. Starting this year, we're just going to do one night and get your tickets early, man. You know, just knock it out. How often are you guys trying to do them? We did three this year, man. We did one in October, one in December, and one in February. Uh, for the reasons being, uh, October is the kickoff. You, you try to avoid all the high school football stuff because high school football oh, yeah. games will kill it. They will just they will just murder that audience. You know, yeah. they just uh-huh. they're so big in little towns. December, uh, we we do it for the Christmas parties. A lot of people just come. You know, it's. Like the local eye doctor has like six employees. So he buys them dinner, brings them to the show. You know, easy peasy, doesn't take them to Denver. And then in February, St. Uh, Valentine's Day. So that's that's a home run. That's a slam dunk, you know what I mean? Every year. So, so it was like during COVID, you guys didn't try doing the Zoom comedy, like man, a bunch of other people. The virtual one? We didn't. But man, did you guys get a chance to look at any of those or try those out? I, I mean, I heard, I heard just her stories. I, yeah, I, I mean, you'd see some, but it's just like, the whole thing about a like like we're saying comedy, you're a storyteller. So if you're standing over here, I, I'd imagine, I mean, that you're kind of reading the audience, knowing what way to go. If you don't have a fucking audience, where do you go? Good dude, it's it's a horror show. I understand, <laughs> man. Every comic buddy I have that did that just hated it, just absolutely hated it. But you do what you got to do. You still have to practice. You still got to put the work in. 
that's just the, that's the avenue they had to work with. So that's what they did. And I mean, I got into a, I got onto a field to listen to support a few friends that did it, man. And I'm just like, man, they're telling the joke, but you don't hear the. There's not that crowd interaction. So is that good? Do you like it? Do you not like it? Do you it's know, like the hecklers or whatever you're saying. You know, yeah, it is. You need them. <laughs> the, the only I think the only thing that turned out good from what I understand is that you had other comics on their offices doing it. So when you tell a joke, those comics at the end of it would be like, "Hey, you told this joke. Here's a few tags. Hey, you told this joke. Here's mm-hmm. you're talking about going this way instead of that way. You know, so you got feedback from them. It was almost like a writing group. Okay. They gotta kind of help write your material, which sometimes helps. You know? So, so it started more of, of as that than like entertainment, I guess. For, for uh, other yeah, people. ultimately, it wanted to be entertainment. Like they were trying to charge at one point in time, you know. And I, I paid, mm-hmm. you know, I paid the ten bucks or whatever to get online, you know, to support them, you know, of course. Because uh, I, I always say, if you have a friend that has a business, support that business. Don't ask for free shit. <laughs> so, shouldn't, yeah, you shouldn't. <laughs> no, you shouldn't. You should support them. You know what I mean, like. Uh, you guys, you know, you do a lot of advertising, right? Well, if you have a friend, they should pay your, what, you know, whatever your quote is. That's what your quote is. You know what I mean? Support the boys, you know? Yeah. So, you know, that's just my opinion. Don't ever, you should never, you can ask for favors, I guess, but if you have a friend with a business, that's how you support them, by supporting them. If you they're know? your real friend or if you actually want to support them, right. then you'll actually do that. Right. Because there's a lot of people that say they support, right. but they can't even click the share button on Facebook on yeah. your post. <laughs> Amen, dude. It's so dope. But getting people to leave reviews and share is, it's, I mean, if you have the answer, I'd love to hear it, man. So, yeah. <laughs> we're hoping you're going to give it no, to us. <laughs> shit, we're, all, we're all shit out of luck on this one, boys. So, but, uh, so how, how necessary do you think comedy is in today's fucking woke shit, you know? Because I feel like, me personally, I, I love, if I'm having like a bad day or whatever, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts myself, but I'm just like, if I'm having a bad day, you know, I'm just like, let me just listen to some stand-up comedy. You, you can never go wrong with stand-up comedy. I feel like they're necessary because, I mean, it changes your mood, but you can get away with so much more they're, shit. They're the, last, they're the last of the badasses. You know what I mean? They don't... Uh, my favorite part, I understand. It comes to offending people, I guess it is what it is. Whatever your opinion is, it is. But do you remember when Dave Chappelle... <laughs> Went on and he got in trouble for the, uh, the transgender yeah. jokes, or whatever. Oh yeah. yeah, the funniest one. Yeah, I don't know if this is take it for however you want. My opinion on this is the fact he doubled down and came back and didn't apologize for shit. That's the best part. I respected it. You yeah, know what I mean, exactly. Made I mean, it even funnier. And you know what he said? I'm I'm rich, so you don't want to fucking cancel me. Go <laughs> ahead. You. I'll go back to my mansion here with my kids. I don't give a shit. You know. But if you listen to that episode, at the end, he tells a story about a transgender friend. You know what I mean? Yeah, his friend. He's, so it's like... He's not a monster, but people hear what they want to hear. You know what I mean? Like I told you earlier, anymore, I don't want to get into politics by any means, but people no longer want to hear your opinion come out of your mouth. They want to hear their opinion come out of your mouth. They just want you to agree mm-hmm. with them. That's, they necessarily that's don't want you to... Right. They just want you to be like, yeah, yeah, Larry, right. yeah. Yeah. That's why I love Bill Burr. I mean, that dude... I mean, it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on. That dude takes shots at fucking everybody, you know? But I love it. I mean, he just so... Uh, there's so many great comedians out there still, you know? Uh, before COVID happened, remember the roasts on Comedy Central? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So good, dude. The Those, Trump roast was... Oh, yeah. His was, was great. I think the Flavor Flav one was my favorite, though, man. Did you watch that one? No, I didn't oh, get a chance. dude, that was like the original one. So good. I mean, that one was... I think they had to drop back from that one a little bit. Like it got ugly. It got like yeah. awesome ugly, but it got it got ugly, man. So imagine if they did something like that today. Oh my god! It, it'll last like thirty seconds. Yeah, yeah. Cut to black and just leave leave 
nothing there instead. Uh, maybe, but sometimes every now and again, something like that gets right through and nobody seems to care. It's the weirdest thing. I can't understand it. I don't. But you know what's the best thing when they say something that people would say is offensive, but the crowd is just like, they just it. dying. They yeah. love it. You so know? it's like, if the crowd is dying, then like, what is that bullshit then? I you think know? you have to remember sometimes that the loudest person isn't always the majority. Exactly. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Like, <laughs> there's running comedy shows for 10 years. My favorite thing in the audience is to watch when a comic comes on and tells a, story, a joke that's horribly offensive, you know? And people do this. They look around. And then they start laughing. They want to make sure anybody that can be offended by that joke is not sitting in their vicinity. You know? That's going to jump on their back. Oh, I'll tell you a few of them when we're off here because I don't see anybody's joke on there. That's their joke. But there's been a few told. I'll tell you later. But this guy, Kevin Shook, had told this joke. And I I looked at him and I was like, holy shit, he said it out loud. Oh my. And that crowd, it literally took one, 1,000, two, 1,000, three, 1,000. And then they just blew up, man. They just. They, they went nuts over this joke, but it had to take them a bit like, oh, yeah. shit. That's what's crazy. Usually if you're just hanging out, say, with just like friends, you know. Yeah. If, if we're honest, we'd probably say the most fucked up shit, you know. But that's funny, you know. Right. Like, but we mean it in no, like, harm, you know. Right. I have one of my best friends, you know. We talk so much shit and talk about <laughs> Eric knows he is. Oh, Matt, yeah. Matt Graham, shout out to Matt Graham. What's up, Matt Graham? He, he says, oh, man, he's, you, he you, gets you, it. You like him. You yeah. love him, oh. yeah. He says some fucked up shit, but I mean, it's it's the funniest shit. Yeah, know? that's comedy though, right? It's supposed right. to be funny. Like, it's gonna offend some people, and that I think is what makes it funnier. If the, the shoe fits, put that bitch on. Absolutely. The rule I have is, it's okay to laugh at anybody, and anything, but when it's your turn, when they're dogging you, you better have a smile on your face. Exactly. You better have a uh-huh. sense of humor about it when you're the one, you know, being shit on. You know, so that's that's my rule you know if it was the minute you're offended then you shut your mouth don't make fun of anybody else don't talk about anybody else if you can't take the joke don't you know don't start none you know exactly did you have any uh when you're doing more stand-up did you have like a, a ritual or something that you would do like a certain way to get creative to oh, write I'd start drinking man i'd start drinking man <laughs> get hammered, get hammered. dude i you know and i i've I've actually walked away from it quite a bit with the drinking. I still do. You know, we did a shot before this, you know, just a yeah. celebratory of shot. Water. Of yeah, water. You have water. <laughs> holy, holy water. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, oh, I lost my train of thought. Oh, oh see, there it is. Yeah. It's creeping up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Senility in old age. Um, I used to drink quite a bit. I worked for Budweiser. I worked for the bar. You know what I mean? So it was just part of the, the culture I was in, you know? So, uh, and it's the worst thing to write with. But I mean, I would. I'd sit at home and I'd, I'd get a few of me. And then I had a notebook I carried everywhere that would write stuff down, you know? Excuse me, sorry. I'd wake up, I'd read that notebook, and I'd think to myself, some of them, I'd be like, that's pretty good. And some of them, I'm like, what the fuck does that mean, you know? <laughs> and I wrote it down, you know? Yeah. So uh, actually, towards the end, before COVID hit, it was the end of the 2019 season because we never went through summer. And uh, I took that, that notebook on stage and I'm like, okay, guys, this is I, this at this point, that thing was like eight years old. Here's what I thought was funny in 2012, you know. And I started reading some of the jokes out of it, and, I, and there was a feeling like, I shouldn't say that. Ah, <laughs> fuck it, you know. And the crowd started laughing, you know what I mean. And this is stuff I had written way back when I first started, you know. So it was kind of it was kind of cool. So did you write a lot of stuff that never got out? Oh, tons, tons. Every comic has just notebook after notebook after notebook, you know. Some are very organized, you know, like they'll organize now on iPads or whatever, you know, they'll organize joke by category or, you know, it's, there's a lot of ways to do it, you know, but for me it was, you get open mic nights, you bring the thing on stage, you just start throwing shit against the wall to see what sticks, you know, so. 
Did you, did you have like any comics that you like look up to, looked up to like while you're going through it? My like my favorite comics, mm -hmm. uh, Dangerfield is my all time favorite comic. I love Rodney Dangerfield. You guys know who he is? I don't. Oh no, no, no you guys have to go look him up now. <laughs> uh, he's he's been passed away for a long time. He's from like the seventies, eighties. Okay, but growing uh, no respect. Oh hey, oh no respect. Uh, God, you guys are so. How old are you guys? I'm twenty eight. Oh my gosh. 23. Oh, see, yeah, no, he's been dead longer than that, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Dangerfield and then Bernie Mac. You guys familiar with Bernie Mac? I'm not. I, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I used to watch the, the Bernie Mac show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you ever see Ocean's Eleven? Or I, 12 or any of the Oceans? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I was never really into them, you know. I was trying to yeah. think. What else I've seen the Atlantic movie? Ocean. Yeah. <laughs> that is an ocean. Um Anyway, he, he was awesome, too. But I became a bigger fan of his when I read his, bi his biography. I okay. said I'd like to read when I have a chance, but I'm biographies. I love biographies. And a lot of things he says, how motivational he was. You know, he comes from a bad part of Chicago. And if you read his uh, book, maybe uh, Bernie Mac, maybe you won't cry no more. Man, such a good read, you know. Uh, his mom had, she called Macisms, and it's just advice in life, man. And I thought to myself, man, it's, so great. As a matter of fact, I, I've been watching your guys' podcast quite a bit. And you guys do a lot of motivational stuff. And uh, you should read it. It's actually a good read. And there's one quote on there that I really, it always stuck with me is, uh, people, people beat you because they outlast you. You know? Yeah. They, they beat you because they, 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 they work harder and they work longer than you. When you give up, they keep going. You know? And that, for some reason, always just stuck with me. You know? Uh, great book. But, but back to your back to your. Uh, Question: It's Bernie Mac and Rodney Dangerfield are my two. They're both passed away now. What was that book called? Uh, maybe Bernie Mac. Maybe you won't cry no more. Got to write that down. Yeah, no, that's great. No, that's a that's a good that's a good quote that you threw out there. It's good. Yeah, because it's that's how it all is. Like you with comedy, with business, whatever, whatever you're doing, you know. Right. That what is it? The the storm has only come to pass. You know, it's not here to stay. Right. Unless we fucking hold on to the storm and hold, and, and don't let it go. You know. I was listening to one of your episodes, and you had a quote I really liked called, uh, called uh, we make our own prisons. Yeah, I think we uh, do. Yeah, no, that's a great, that, that's, I, that really stuck with me too. We build our own prisons financially, yeah. mentally, physically, whatever, you know. Is that a quote, or did you come up with that? I just kind of, so much, so much bullshit that I say and I read, <laughs> you know. But, yeah. I mean, I just kind of came up. I think, I think we do. I think we come up with our own prisons. Yeah. Because people would say with bills, you know, you get stuck in a fucking place with prison or you want to do this, you know. You know, maybe, like, you want to do comedy or whatever you want to do. But then you're just like, shit, I don't know if I can do it no more because I got wife, I got kids, right. and I got all this shit. And now I'm stuck. Hmm. Now I fucking hate. Now I start, you start hating your life, your job. You start hating. You start, that's where the haters come from. Right. You know? That's, right. that's the, it's, it's kind of what me and my, my uh, fiance were talking about last night. It's just, um, it, it goes along with this, uh, the breaking the cycle of, of yeah. whatever. Because it goes along with, like, people are stuck in the prison and <laughs> their kids see their parents grow up and they're stuck in the prison. So they just see that same cycle. And then it's it's about, like, what are you going to do to break that cycle for right. you and for your future I generations agree. to come? I agree. And that's one of the toughest things. Like, a lot of people stay in the cycle because it's not it's, it's hard. Right. It does, not not anybody can do it. So it, it takes a really like strong fucking tough person to, to actually fucking do it. Right. I uh, well for me how I took it when you said that how I interpreted it for my life is for many many years I uh, I told you I had a, a great support system, but I've also had things people in my life that told me I couldn't do stuff, and you know I fucked up. I believed them. 
on some of them, I believed them, you know, yeah. I, that maybe I couldn't do it, you know, like uh, being part of the city council. That's not something I ever thought about doing, you know, it, it, it just how it came about it just happened, you know, or the comedy or just whatever in a job. You know, I, I, I would always doubt myself a lot. You know, I, I did have a great support system and they told me I could do it. But then it's, for some reason, that voice is louder when someone says you can't do it. That voice, for some reason, echoes louder. You know what I mean? So that I mean, me personally, that's why I kind of it's kind of kind of stupid, I guess. I like it, but I talk to myself a lot. Like say like that, like you can't do it. Like you can tell yourself you can do it, right. you know. And I talk to myself like, I mean, if I listened to, if I believed half the shit I fucking thought or I told myself, you know, right, I'd be, I'd probably be fucked up, you know, yeah. like in, in in all aspects of life. But that's why, like, you get up, like, stop being a little bitch. Start, stop feeling sorry for yourself. Yeah. You know? But I mean, it's different for each person because there's some people that you can't talk to like that because they need it. Like, I yeah. guess more mellow. Me, I'm just like, do you know David? Go you guys know David Goggins? Like, I mean, he's a, he he talks shit, you know. So yeah, and I'm more of that way, you know. Like, stop fucking feeling sorry for yourself. Get the fuck up. No one's here to fucking save you, you know. Right. You got people that support you in your corner, but like, you can't, you can't, I, I think you can't feel sorry for yourself because no one, when, when you feel sorry for yourself, you know, people don't want to help you either. What age were you when that attitude set in? Well, I probably had to be 23 when my daughter was born. Oh, okay. How many kids you got? I got two. She's five and a half and my baby boy's a year and a half. That's, that's awesome. So, so when she was born, then that's why I was like, so, 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 I, so I literally did, I, I had a speech yesterday and, and I talked about it like, I always t picture my daughter telling me, and my daughter and my boy telling me this, like, your actions are so loud, Dad, that I can't hear you. Hmm. So it's like, when I don't, I try to, I mean, I don't, most of the time, 90% of the time I do, I work out every morning. And it's like, when I don't want to get up, I'm just like, what's my daughter going to think? If she gets up and I'm just fucking sitting here watching fucking Netflix, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, no, you got to get the fuck up and you got to do some shit. You know? Right. Set the example, I think. That's awesome. How about so. you, man? I don't. You made us get enough deep, Larry. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, for for me, it kind of started with like our older brother. Cause we have we have an older brother. Um, he kind of he got he got into the the self development kind of world. Okay. And then kind of like slowly brought us into it. Um, but it was always like uh, for for me, it was always like just motivation. And we talk about it here on the on the podcast that motivation is different than discipline because motivation comes and goes, but discipline right. is something you build up and it sticks right. with you. Um, so I, I was always that just like surface kind of level, just, oh yeah, let's go do this shit. But then I'd get home and I'd be like, eh, I'm too tired. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't probably until maybe like two years ago that I kind of started changing my mindset. Uh, coincidentally, it's also when I, uh, started to get serious about my weight because, yeah. cause I was up to 320 pounds mm -hmm. and, uh, it was kind of like a slap in down now? I'm down 70 pounds. That's the shit, brother. Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks. So, That's awesome. Still got 30 more to go because I want to complete the 100. Right. Um, but when I actually started being honest with myself and looking at me, like, first of all, it's like, how did I get, let it get to this point? Right. Um, so that for, for me, that was a real, like, heartfelt kind of time. I just, just, just being honest with yourself. And then kind of from there, I started trying to build my discipline more than motivation. Um, and... I started that journey probably, probably around two years ago. That's and awesome. I'm, I think then was the, the turning point for me. Right. Once I started taking time, like taking a accountability, taking action, and just 
actually sticking with what I'm going to say I'm going to do, that's uh, that's when it all changed for me. That's awesome. Congratulations. That's really great, man. Yeah, appreciate it. I lost 40 pounds last year, and then I just get so wrapped up in so much stuff right now with the podcast, the city council, a job. All, you know yeah. what I mean? That's Those are all excuses, by the way. Uh, Brett Stevens, my buddy. What's up, Brett? Uh, he told me, uh, no, you just don't make time to work out. It's not that you can't work out. You don't make time for it. It's and I'm a like, priority. Want, want, want. Yeah, you know. Yeah. If, if it's a priority, you're gonna yeah. you're gonna wake your ass up at five a.m. Or, right. or go to sleep at one a.m. to make sure you get that workout in. I just read a book called Atomic Habits. Have you guys read that? Yeah. No. Uh, you have read it? I, I'm what a great book. Sure. I've, read, I've read a lot. I'm probably, yeah, I think I have read it. It's basically a book on why why you form bad habits, how you form bad habits, and how you form good habits. But I mean. It's really, I don't want to say change my life. to be all dramatic. Change my life. But, man, there's a lot of stuff in there. I was like, holy shit, that's, that's yeah. what's up, you know? Yeah. Now, yeah, first of all, I mean, congrats. I mean, you two getting down 40 pounds. That's not a fucking small number, dude. If you yeah. think about it, that's a fucking, like, a toddler on your back all day, yeah. if you think about it. Now. Yeah. So, that's a lot. Yeah. I, I told people I want to see my pecker again. That's my fucking motivation. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, like, braille, like, feel for it anymore. I'm like, oh, there it is. Hey, there it is. hey buddy, yeah. you know. What are you doing? Hey, look, you're the same color and everything. That's good. I was worried. I didn't know, you know. It's <laughs> I don't know if you're still there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's crazy because this morning I was, I was doing uh, – some Bulgarian split squats, and I had the. What the fuck is a Bulgarian split squat? It, it's a. Uh, it's got pretty much like a. You you put your leg on on a bench, okay. so and you're doing kind of like a squat with one leg. I got you. Okay. Um, and I was doing them with with the uh, with the thirties, and I was like, I'm doing them with with weight. And this is sixty pounds. I've lost seventy. Like, how was I walking around before? Yeah. And then so, sometimes when I just work out by myself, I have like those thoughts, and I'm just like, what the fuck? Because no matter what you do in life, you will become accustomed to it. You just become, sometimes you just, you just learn, yeah, yeah, you just learn to live with it, you know, and it's, it's a scary thing, you know, it's a scary thing, so yeah, yeah, I've been watching your podcast, you guys are pretty serious on this, that's why I want to get serious real quick, but it's a great podcast. You made us get too serious. No, it's great. We we just go all over with it, so I mean, uh, sometimes we get to the serious part, like, because we want to know, like, whatever you're doing in life, like, that's, that you're doing, like, it's a little serious, because it was an easy fucking route to get there. You, right. know, you had to go through some, you had to go through some demons and stuff, you know, to get there, you know, and to be where you're at, you still got to go through the demons. I think. Right. I think it's serious because that's kind of the, the turning point in our lives that that mindset changed. Yeah, that's cool, man. No, I've been enjoying it. It's great. I, yeah. uh, I listen to the Juan Ellis and I listen to the uh, Whiskey Wine and Whatever Girls. Uh, uh, what's her name? She's a business owner of a. Uh, gosh darn it! I watched it two weeks ago. Lori. Yeah, I think so. A Hispanic lady. Which one? It wasn't in this studio. It was in the old studio. The old studio? She was a business owner. She started in, uh, her brother had started the company. She started there in college. Is uh, Liber- uh, Sina? Sina? Yes, 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 yes. yes. That, was, that was a good episode. She's Italian. Oh. Yeah, I think I her think. background is like Italian or something <clears throat> like that. Yeah, but she has a good like company that she has good, you know, making... Making more than seven figures. But so. if you were Hispanic, that would be okay. All right, join the club. It's all good. So, <laughs> so, so how'd you get around to, to starting the the bull hugger? Was it just like oh, something like so. just just to fuck around and find out? Or yeah, well, no, it's actually been a long time coming. So, I, what, Christopher Titus is also. I he's got a little political nowadays, so I've kind of floated away from him. But like his first album, uh, Norman Rockwell is dying, is one of the my favorite comedy episodes. One of my favorite stand-up specials of all time. Genius. Um, he had something called a podcast, and I did not know what the hell that was. It's like 2012. But I was a huge Titus fan. I'd saw him in concert in, in Denver a few times. 
So I get online and I listen to this podcast thing and I'm thinking, man, this is cool as shit. I really liked it, you know? So I, I started just diving into them. Diving, diving. So then Adam and I started what the first podcast was called the Juggernaut Brothers. That was way back in the day. Uh, and it was the most generic of podcasts because we first start, right? We bring comics on. We knew, like, how did you get started? Well, you know, just the regular, background. Yeah, just the questions, right? And then it morphed into different stuff because I just I didn't like it. So at the end, I, the premise of the podcast at the end, I'd like to do again, but it's just too hard to make happen with people. What we do is we'd have three parts to a podcast, right? Uh, we'll say that me and a host and you're the first guest. I'm going to start on the second part. The second part would be we'd find funny stories in the news and we'd just riff on them for a little bit. Adam Vokey hunts these things down. He should be a reporter, man. I don't know where he finds these guys' stories, <laughs> but they're amazing, you know? <clears throat> and then the third part of it, <clears throat> Monaco, would be you'd bring a, a, some kind of topic that you want to talk about. Like okay. you brought up woke earlier or uh, the abortion issue or whatever you want to talk about. And we're, we're going to dive into that. We're going to talk about it, okay? And that would be the third, okay? So now say Eric's the next guest. The first part of your podcast would be taking over his conversation about his topic. And you would have to weigh in on your thoughts and we talk about your thoughts and whatever. We, and then the second part would be the funny stories. And then the third part would be whatever you want to talk about. The guest after okay. you would have to take over your conversation and see what I'm saying? It's like the never-ending conversation. But to get people motivated to try and think of topics all the time was, I mean, it was a bitch. It's a you know? yeah. If you can make it happen, I think it would be a great podcast. But yeah. So we went 50 episodes, didn't make it, and I just missed doing it. You know, I had some of the old equipment. So I have this idea, uh, and the Bullhucker podcast is what we do is we bring on a guest who tells three stories about their life. And then the kicker is only two stories can be true. One's got to be either borrowed, made up, or halfway made up. And I call Adam, and Adam's always been, I've been the gas, he's been the brakes. And I'll explain what it means. Um, I, I'm flight of fancy, man. Let's, let's just, <laughs> I'm horrible about it. You know, my head's in the clouds. And Adam's the one that's like, okay, we got to pump the brakes, dude. You know what I mean? Like, you know, <laughs> get feet on the ground there, loser. Um, but I told him, here's what I think. You know, I, I, do you think that's a good idea? And he goes, I think it's a great fucking idea. I was so bowled over. He was so, you know, like, whoa, okay. So we started doing the podcast, you know, and uh, we moved from business to business because uh, we, we'd like to support small business. That's one thing I'd like to do uh, because if you don't support small business, it goes away. You know, you've got to support local business. You have to do it, you know, yes. or it goes away. And America's then, built on the backbone of small businesses it, more than corporations. So, yeah. Absolutely, sure. man. And people love to bitch when there's no options. Uh -huh. <laughs> I'll support small business, you know. Um, so we go from we go from business to business. I think, as I told you guys earlier, uh, we have something that worked out with the uh, Emporium and Brush, who you guys should have on here, by the way. Yeah, we'll reach out to them, see if they Dana Gilbert, um, some stuff. Yeah, they'd be great here. Um, and uh, we might have a little studio going on there, but that's how that podcast started. And I I, I really do love doing it. I work for DFA, so I have my little iPad with me. I do all my editing in the truck while I'm waiting to unload. You know, really? well, a good part of it. So you just show up to DFA to to work on your, on that's your iPad? I clock in and I'm like, if they look for me, tell me. You ever seen the movie Euro Trip where that kid's got the phone and he's, do you ever see that movie? Uh, yeah. Euro Trip where he gets like an internship with this lawyer, but he goes to Europe with his friends. He keeps answering the phone and like telling him, oh, I'm in the study or oh, I'm in B-Wing. And he goes the whole summer without even showing up to work. No, I drive a tanker. 
So I go pick up the milk from the dairy. When you go to the printer, you got to wait in line. Mm-hmm. So as I'm sitting there waiting, most guys are watching Netflix or Facebook. I just start editing a podcast, you know. So it's giving me something to do. They're just like, fuck, I That's hope, there, I hope there's a fucking line there. Oh, so my I can just God. hang out yeah, for a while. If I got to do this on my own time, shit, you know. But Because uh, you do all the editing, right? No, or he no, does you do the podcast. I do the podcast. He does the, he does the business. Set, oh, okay. So. I misunderstood. So it's a, it's a lot of work, right? Yeah, it's a shitload. Yeah, but it's I mean, I enjoy doing it. So I don't know about you. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, for us, the edit for me, the editing's the hard part. This, I mean, we're just I've, I yeah. fucking love this. We're just having yeah. fun, you know, just talking, editing. I'm just like, fuck, now nah, I gotta edit it. Oh, I know, <laughs> I know. There's been a few times like I thought the audio was corrupt. That's about oh, soul crushing, oh, man. You know? Yeah. I I I got it back, but I thought I had raced. One of the and I was like, because I don't want to go by the audio of the camera. Oh yeah, because how shit would that sound? You know, as long as you have the audio, you can just put a fucking a thumbnail or some shit for the video. Right, right. Do you guys do the audio part of this podcast on so we, Spotify? Or so we have different platforms. So Spotify, we actually upload it as a video, also. Okay, because you can do that on there. But like it's at Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, like on everything, it's just right. the audio. Where do you so. do your uh, who do your do your hosting from? From uh, Anchor. Anchor. Yeah. Oh okay. Do you yeah. like that? I mean, it's good because it goes through all of them. So yeah, I mean, I, mean, I don't know so far. Yeah, so far, I mean, I don't know. That's cool. I do Podbean. So Podbean. Yeah, it's, it's nice because you check it, out. You load up the one and it sends it everywhere. So yeah, yeah, that's how that one is. It just goes everywhere. It's, that's cool. It's already a hassle in itself. <laughs> How'd you guys get started doing this? This I, I, I don't know. How did we get started? So it kind of started like with because we we work a lot with like small business owners, you know, and yeah. we're just like we sit there and talk to them like, okay, what. Well, type of marketing stuff do they need and as you're sitting there you learn so much about them like right dude like we should kind of have some of these people just record it you know have it on air so right. people actually know like what how they started how they how they grew how they grew this you know and then it's a good little platform for them you know to be able to sh- share the story because usually especially for a small business people wants to know they want to know who's behind it you know of course so so that's why we're like dude what if you just give them a little bit more of a spotlight behind the business owner you know and that's kind of how because we, we also kind of knew we wanted to have a podcast there's not mm-hmm. specifically what because like we would watch like a ton of podcasts like especially uh joe rogan's like right oh uh, we want to be the we want to be like joe rogan have our own kind of stuff um we kind of played around for a little bit i mean we've had it for like about two years mm, um, like a, uh, two and a half no it's less than that i think less? It's, i think it's i think we're coming up on two years yeah yeah but i mean it's just we're in business. I mean, that's just kind of the, the people we're around with the most. But I mean, it's for everybody. Like honestly, like it's just people that are doing impactful, great stuff in the community. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how we put it. From all walks of life, I mean, we've had, we've been everywhere with it. That's <laughs> so. awesome, man. How long have you had the poker? Started in August of 2020. You know, because everybody started a podcast in 2020, right? You know, oh, yeah. you're home doing shit. Uh, the Sand Cedar, uh, they actually let me film in there because it was vacant at the time for it got it got uh, purchased, and then we did it for like 15 episodes, and then I caught COVID. Uh, everybody in my family caught COVID, so we just we said, you know what, let's just back off a while. Maybe it just wasn't meant to be. I don't know. Six months later, I start getting the itch again. Like uh, I might fire up the bullhooker again, and then I was like, yeah, why not? You know, so. Uh, but I kind of gave myself COVID, so it's it's what it is, you know, like an idiot. So we. Uh, me on the city council brush. Uh, I'm pretty. I'm pretty pro police. You know what I mean. I, I, I'm always, I, I back the blue. You know what I mean. Uh, and being on the city council, you have to. You, you got to realize that cops are it, man. You, you I don't gotta, know. I don't know if just city council. I think everybody. Yeah. Ha- should because nobody wants to be sitting there with the problem. And they're yeah. like, 
the fuck do I call if there's no police? Yeah, well, that drives me crazy. I'm like, well, I don't know if I trust our police here. I'm like, well, if someone's breaking in your house to rob you blind, your trust is going to get fucking filled pretty quick now, isn't it? You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. You're not going to call your neighbor or your buddy. You're going to call the guy, in the, you know, anyway. So we had this idea at the city council. What we did, uh, take a step back. When March, when uh, everything got shut down, I'd call the comedians. You know, you, you get basically contracts with them, you know, and I said, hey, man, I don't know what to do here, you know. Adam and I can send you a check if we need to or whatever, you know, because we owe you the money. And all of them said the same thing. They're like, you know what, man, this is a shit show. Nobody's paying. Just don't worry about it, man. You know, thank you for everything. And I told him this comes back. You're my first phone call, you know. So come October of 2020, November, anyway, uh, what we did was we said, okay, well, we got that money from the comics, so we're going we're gonna to have a comedy show for Morgan County law enforcement. We, we invited the sheriff, the, you know, Fort Morgan PD, Brass PD. And it was such a cool thing that Kim Dykes, what's up, Kim? And Matt Gordon, what's up, Matthew? Um, they started making phone calls to businesses all over Morgan County. Would you like to donate some door prizes? Dude, the outpouring was fucking phenomenal, dude. I mean, like, SlickSpot gave us 800 bucks in tires. Someone donated a fucking 55-inch TV, you know what I mean, for, these, for the police officers and law enforcement, you know? It was so bad. <laughs> That when we pulled our ticket, we'd have to give them like two or three things. Really? You know, yeah. I mean, there's only one business, and I won't call them out. I should call them out. That refused it. No, nah, we're not interested. Everybody else they called said, yeah, what do you need? You know, or remember, remember, motherfucker, when you want to. Well, I, I, I don't go there. I don't go there so anymore. But uh, even if it was money, food, I mean, like Pepsi donated all the pop, the uh, buffalo plant donated all the meat. Um, the hospital donated all the chicken. But anyway, the reason I gave myself COVID was it was October and the mayor at the time, Rick Bain, what's up, Rick? Love you, brother. Uh, said, do you think we should wear masks? And I'm like, nah, this shit's over, right? <laughs> it's the summer. This shit's <laughs> done, bro. You know, it's, it's a cut deal. And he goes, yeah, you're right, bro. He got COVID. This <laughs> man got COVID. I got COVID. And so uh, it was, yeah, it was. Uh, it How bad was it? Uh, for me, it wasn't. The scary part about me getting COVID was my cough would be so severe, I'd almost lose consciousness. Really? That's how bad I'd cough. I didn't lose the taste. I didn't lose smell. I had a slight fever. That's how I got tested. But I drive a truck. And I was coming back from Yuma, and I started coughing so bad, I, I got a whole... So I, I yanked that fucker to the side of the road, and I sit there for a second. I'm like, should I call somebody? You know, I don't know what to do here. So I, I, I stood in the utility lane and drove 35 miles an hour back home. Just, I'm wow. like, yeah, because I'm like, if this thing, if I pass out behind the wheel of this, someone pays the price. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. So I go home and told my boss, Jesse, and he's like, well, what do you think? And I so I better get a test. I went home, took my temperature, and it was barely like 102, you know. But it was funny because COVID was still pretty new at the time. And uh, Carol Payne was my doctor. He was, he was a badass. And she was just bundled up, man, had everything on. And I was sitting there. She's like, put your head back. She's like, this is the back of the And like stepping to me like you know, <laughs> the Ebola virus swabs me that gets back and okay go home I'll call you tomorrow I said alright Carol she goes don't go anywhere you got the vid and I was like son of a bitch but then for two weeks I stayed home and then the second week my mom got it and hers was bad like that was the first time I thought I might lose her you know Damn. so it was pretty eye opening uh, however you feel about COVID if it my uncle got it bad in the hospital so However you feel about it, it was a real thing, you know what I mean? And I mean, it really, it scared the shit out of me on a few, th you know, some people, you know. So uh, I was dating a girl at the time who worked for 
disabled folks. Like they had a house full of COVID people. And I'm, she's like fucking Wolverine, man. She never came down with this stuff. And that's all she was was around people with COVID, man. I'm like, how do you not get this shit, you know? It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy how some people, I mean, affected it way different yeah. than other people. It was the crazy, it picked, it was, it pick and choose, man. Did you guys get it? No, I don't, I don't think I ever I, got it. I, I never had, like, symptoms. But I probably yeah. got it, but I never had right. any symptoms or anything. But, but then, too, yeah, too, so me, when, like, that time is when I got, when I, like, uh, amped up my fitness more. You know, I got okay. a little more in shape. You know, I, would, I was doing something every day, you know, right. go out for a run, you know, so, and I was, I want to think. I mean, I never really got sick. But right. Probably had it honestly, but a lot of people did, man. We're probably fuck. I feel like everybody probably got it, but it just like maybe it was like less, less. Right. Severe, you know, it was like The Walking Dead. Everybody's got it until you die. You don't come back. You know? <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I just think that the, the big, the main controversy with that was like how it started. Yeah. And how it was yeah. like portrayed in the media was just a shit show. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, however it started, it started. I don't know. Someone ate a bat or whatever. I've been I've been pretty hungry. I mean, I'm saying so. You know, I had some pretty questionable Denny's meals. It might have led to something. You know, like <laughs> some shit that's yeah. pretty questionable. Diarrhea is like, going across the Colorado plains. I'm like, shit, that's me. I'm sorry. I <laughs> fucked <laughs> it up. So that's great. So, uh, so what's next? What's next for? For the moose. I mean... For moosey. For moosey, moosey. That's right, yeah. <laughs> My mom will love that. Um, you know, at the city council thing, just keep doing the bullhucker thing. Um, we'll start doing comedy shows again, you know, but I'm pretty content. I have a job I really like, you know, so this is all stuff I do just because I enjoy it. You know, there's not... There's not a clear plan. At one point in time, I thought about opening comedy shows all over northeastern Colorado, finding venues and doing this, but it's a lot of work and... I'm not really in that world anymore. I enjoy that world. I enjoy when I'm in it, you know, but uh, I, for me, it's just keep on what I'm doing. You know what I mean? I just, I enjoy it. I don't, as you get a little older, you just want to just relax and just find a hobby you do. I, my mom and uncle are both retired. I got to find stuff for them to do like their children. So, you know, I don't want to ever be that. So uh, it's, for me, it's just keep on keeping on, man. You know what I mean? Just do stuff that makes you happy. So if, if people want to know a little bit more about you or just see a little bit more about you, like where can people find you? Man, I'm, I'm a whore, man, so I'm everywhere. Uh, bullhucker.com is where the Bullhucker podcast is. That's where all the comedy shows are going to be listed when they're listed, all that kind of stuff. Social media, Larry Moose Lundstrom is where you find me on my Instagram. I got, I got a little TikTok like everybody else, you know what I mean? So I put clips of the Bullhucker on there and, and whatever. I, I just put a clip on there about uh, – some of fat guys, so I shit a lot. So my boss actually your new office, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Larry's office. And so I, got, I was like, That's, "How do you not laugh at that, bro?" And so uh, my next step is to sit outside that bathroom when someone's in there with a camera, and when they come out, I'm like, "You son of a bitch!" You know, <laughs> you leave a quarter. You know, <laughs> I start charging you bitches to you. That's what it is, man. And if you see, it's like a prison bathroom. That's what I love about that bathroom. It's so, it's for truck drivers, man. It's never you can't be fancy. So uh, I think I might get a little desk in there with a little. There you go. You know, yeah. <laughs> That's what's up. <laughs> yeah. That's great. No, but we, we appreciate you coming out here. Honestly, it's it was fun. Yeah, I've been, uh, like I said, I've been watching this podcast for a while. It's uh, it's cool to see another podcast in this area. I don't know. Is, is there another one besides us two? I don't think so, honestly. Where's the, the whiskey one, whatever, guys? Oh, oh, oh yeah. I'm sorry, man. By the yeah, way, uh, you guys are doing our podcast tomorrow. Yeah, we'll be on there, so make sure you follow this one. And for sure, I mean, you want to get to the bullhucker and check out. Right. He has a lot of... 
lot of cool stories make it. Actually, Michelle Stale will be the other my co-host tomorrow for you guys. So, oh really? Okay. Uh, uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. I brought someone you knew. So, you know, Michelle, she's fucking crazy. Yeah, she's oh, fucking yeah. crazy. So, but I appreciate you guys having me on, and uh, I'll say, make sure you subscribe to these guys' podcast. It's great, you know, and it's a local podcast with local people, man. It's it's cool to see this happening, you know. And hit these guys up. How do how do they get on this podcast? Just, just shoot us a DM, you know, just message us, leave a comment down below or just message us directly to, to Monica or to Eric, you know, just shoot us a message and we'll, we'll get you scheduled in to do, hang out. Before we go, can I say one thing? Go for it. We had a discussion. Half this podcast came off of, off camera, right? We, we talked yeah. forever. Oh, yeah. this. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, the thing we all struggle with sometimes is having people come on and be nervous to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's the thing. So if you want to do it, it, it takes people getting outside their comfort zone, right? Mm-hmm. Like we talked about today, surrounding yourself with people who say you can't do it, you know? You should try it. You should actually come in here and talk about it. People tell me this all the time. and it, I won't say it drives me crazy, but it's almost like the script I hear. I'm not interesting. I don't have stories. I don't, you know, this, that, and the other. And I got to tell them you do have stories. You just got to remember them. Everybody's lived a crazy life. You know what I mean? Everybody, the shit that you survived through is nuts, right? Mm-hmm. So you got you to gotta come on these podcasts. Come on these podcasts. Come on here and talk to these guys. This is about business, right? But we, we talk about everything. everything. We go everywhere with it. Yeah. So it's, uh, we like to talk shit. Yeah, yeah. That's the number one thing. I mean, we grow up as, as us two. You grow up with three brothers. I mean, it's three of us. Right. You, you learn to talk shit fast. Right. And if you come on this podcast, you come on Totem, it's three of you, you two and somebody else. So if you're you're not the only one doing the talk, unless you're me, then you're the only one doing the talk and you're a whore. Got to ease them up. <clears throat> That's right. But these two guys are here to talk and they're here to to interact with you and you know it's it's fun and I guarantee when you're done on the Total Podcast you're going to enjoy it it's fun when it comes out for everybody you guys are amazing about putting the reels out little bits and pieces here so people get to see it you know so you guys are really good about that I need to get better about it appreciate I'm a little envious that. I'm like these guys are fucking amazing you know what I'm saying I appreciate that <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. oh yeah thanks um, yeah because if people are nervous, we also do a shot. If we got the icebreaker. Don't, don't worry. The icebreaker. That's right. These guys, up. you drink? I was like, oh, fuck, they know. So, <laughs> hey guys, they've been fucking following me around. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Juan must have said something. Fucking, I know. So, hey guys, thank you so much, man. Yeah, thank you again, once Appreciate again. It. I mean, it's, it's, it's a blast, honestly. Yeah. And we're going to have fun there tomorrow, too. Oh, we're going to have so. a great time tomorrow. Do I need to buy liquor? Is that what we're doing? Is that what we're doing? We, we, maybe, got, a, we, Juan, we got Juan's sponsor. He'll, he'll bring it through. But, We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll so, figure it out yeah. tomorrow. All right. Guys, okay. if you guys liked having Larry on here today, make sure you give a thumbs up to the video. Click subscribe. Um, we're going to put all his links down in the, in the description. Make sure to go check out the Bullhooker podcast, uh, bullhooker.com and all that stuff. Um, but with that, guys, I will leave you with, uh, with our motto here on the podcast, which is an act of rebellion yeah, yeah. is to question. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you.